Welcome to the Perry Hall Family Worship Center podcast. We put out weekly messages to build our faith and knowledge in the Lord. For more messages, please subscribe. Or for prayer and support, please email us at connect at perryhallfamily.life. Okay. Okay, so let's get started into our sermon. Faith like a child. Faith like a child. You know, it's kind of like a theme going on here. The gifts, the children, and today is really Children's Sunday. But as adults, we have a tremendous responsibility in raising our children in the ways of God. Now, when a, when a child is as a baby, they are helpless. I mean, they need everything except for their voluntary muscles, whatever you call that, their hearts automatically beating, their digestion and all that kind of stuff. But outside of that, a kid is, is dependent on every little thing. They're, they're helpless. They really are. So what I'm saying is there's a whole lot of work that goes into a parent to raise children. There's a whole lot. And a matter of fact, it's a lifetime. You don't stop. Yeah, maybe the kids get married. They have their own thing going. But, you know, as parents, we are still pouring into our kids. We're still encouraging our kids. We're still kind of give them direction. Of course, they're on their own. They're doing their thing. But as parents, we still have a responsibility. And I think the greatest responsibility we have as parents is to be praying for our children. Even when they become adults, even when they have kids, we got to continue to be praying for our kids with nonstop. But, you know, I look at this. It seems like we are constantly pouring into our children. We're constantly teaching them. It seems like it doesn't stop. Even when they get become, you know, adults, we're still pouring into them. But here's the thing. As, as full-grown, mature adults, we can learn a whole lot from kids. We can learn a whole lot. Yeah, we're teaching all the time, but we can learn a whole lot. So again, we're going to talk about faith like a child. And I want to start out in Matthew 18, and I want to read five verses here. And here we go, verse 1. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus saying, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? Then Jesus called a little child to him, set him in the midst of them, and said, Assuredly, I say to you, unless you are converted and become as a little child, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Verse 4, therefore, whoever humbles himself as this little child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Whoever receives one little child like this in my name receives me. You know, we see that that. Children are, are special. We see that Jesus did something pretty incredible here. But kind of looking at a bunch of different things going back and forth. And always remember when we use examples, sometimes you got to flip and, and figure out the spiritual example that God is saying and some of this stuff. But as we grow up, we kind of lose some of this childlike stuff that Jesus is talking about. Walt Disney, uh, a quote from his says, the trouble with the world too many people are growing up. And of course, he's looking at it a different way. 
But you know, the point really is, is Jesus loves kids. And as we grow up, some of this stuff that we've been indoctrinated with, maybe it's bad, maybe it's good, maybe it's tradition, maybe it's theology, philosophy, whatever it may be. It kind of gets in our head. And instead of having that faith like a child, all of a sudden we can be swayed a different direction. But Jesus loves kids. I mean, without a doubt, we know that. In Matthew 19, 14, Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not forbid them. See, there is something as, as parents, as guardians, grandparents, whatever we may be, there is something that God is saying that we got to do with children. We got to make sure that we're, we're bringing them in. Now, the church is a nice little spot, obviously, but it's not everything. It's got to be 24-7, and it's got to be directed from the parent, the leader, the guardian, the grandparent. Somebody's got somebody's to make it happen in the kid. So many people let the world raise their kids. So it is an effort. It's hard work. But I want to get back to our, our point. They're asking here, um, who is the greatest? Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? That's the disciples asking. Now, here's an interesting thing here. It was like five verses before this one in Matthew 17. We were in Matthew 18, 1. Like five verses before this one, Jesus is saying, look, guys, I'm about ready to get turned over to the authorities, and I want to be killed. And then five verses later, they want to know who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom. It's almost like, in one sense, Jesus saying, look, guys, I'm going to, I'm going to be killed here in a little bit. I'm going to be sacrificed and everything. It's like, it's like the first thing they're saying, well, 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 God, can I have your, your camel? Can I have your robe? You know, can I have your car? Can I have your, your house? Without having the compassion, if you will, to say, wait a second, Jesus is about ready to die. He's going to be handed over, and they, they're trying to position themselves for the kingdom. Now, when we're talking about the kingdom, we're talking about here on earth, what is taking place here on earth. These are Christians. These guys are going to die. They're followers. They're going to die, and they're going to go to heaven. But we're talking about the here and now, living in the kingdom and the here and now. So they ask this question, and Jesus doesn't really respond at first. They said, who's going to be the greatest in the kingdom? Then he gets a little kid. He said, bring this little guy over here. He does, he does like an um, illustrated sermon. And then he goes in, and he goes into verse 2, and he's talking about, see this kid here? <laughs> see what's taking place here? And he goes on to use this child as a, as a, a story here, as a, a statement, if you will. So he gets into verse 3, and he goes like this. I'm telling you, he says something really strong. He's telling his disciples, unless you are converted and become as little children, you will by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. Man, think about that. He's talking to his followers. He's talking to his people that that given their life up to follow Jesus. And Jesus is now turning this thing around on these guys. You know, it's kind of like um, he's telling them, look, you guys got to make a change here. You got to turn from your self-ambition. You got to turn from your pride. You know, pride gets in the way. And it's almost interesting here. And I really just picked this up. I guess it was last night as I was just continuing to study, is that it's like we're like pre-programmed to, to be prideful. We're not pre-programmed to be humble. And he's saying, look, adults, you need to change. You need to switch gears here. You need to convert into humility like a child. 
Remember several months ago, I used this one, this one phrase here. I said, how do you know if you have pride in your life? It's like this. A prideful person will think they're humble. And a humble person will think they're prideful. So that's just for your own heart there, because you can see that God is telling us, get back. Get back to being humble like a child. But what does this really mean here? What, what is he really saying about turning? What is what has taken place as we, we continue to dig deeper into this verse? Well, I think the point really is, is Jesus is using the child as an illustrated sermon, but very much so accurate. It's obviously here, he's not saying you got to convert and be like a little child and get smaller. And, you know, he's not talking about that. He's talking about some characteristics that Jesus is pointing out that a child has. That's what he's talking about. Now, we know that child children can have some characteristics that maybe not real, real fond of. We know that. But Jesus is picking out some of the good stuff right now. So what do we learn from kids? I mean, what can we really learn from children? We see them coming up here. You know, we all have our different you know, thoughts, and we raise them this way. We're all proud of them. That's a good, that's a good proud, if you will. But what do we learn from kids? I think that the first point that probably most people are thinking right now is we see that kids have trust. Kids have trust. What I mean, you know, if you brought up a little, your little, little baby, your little kid, he's standing on the side here, you can say, jump, jump to mommy, daddy, jump. And that kid won't even think twice, they'll just jump. You know what I'm saying? This is trust. Now, what's the spiritual example that I'm trying to make here? It's the same thing when we want to trust God, we just got to jump. <laughs> we got to jump. But here's the point. Just like the little child jumped, he wasn't thinking about, oh boy, I hope daddy can catch me. Oh, I hope you know, he's strong enough. I hope he doesn't turn around and walk away. He doesn't even think that. He doesn't have all these, these uh, thoughts of, you know, tradition or things like that. The kid just jumps. But take notice when that happens, there's a reaction that is required, if you will. Doesn't matter where, you know, if I, he's going he's gonna to jump and he's going to catch that kid. The kid's going to jump. So the spiritual example is when we step out, we can almost expect God to respond. Now, don't, don't take this out of context either because we got to be in obedience to God. But we see this trust thing. We see how important it is, but it causes a reaction from the adult. I hope you understand the, the spiritual example. I'm not, trying to, I'm not trying to just go past it, but I'm hoping we can all figure out as we trust God. Another uh, point that we see with little children that we can learn from little children is they know how to forgive. Little kids know how to forgive. You can see a kid that's going to fight with another kid. And I'm telling you, one minute later, they're playing again. They're having fun again. Unlike adults, you said this about me. Well, forget it. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm going to take it to the grave. You know, or I'm going to get even with you. This is characteristics that we see that children have. Children depend on their leader. They depend on whether it's parents, godparents, grandparents, guardian. They depend on them. They depend on them for food. They depend on them for shelter. They depend on them for clothing, direction, and protection. Kids depend on it. But you know what? They don't expect anything else. They just, they just realize, hey, this is what's going to happen. They're not thinking twice. They're not saying, man, I hope daddy gets 40 hours in so we have food on the table. They're just expecting to be provided for. 
I read a uh, tweet the other day from John Hagee says, children believe they are not skeptical, bitter, or perpetual angry. That's really interesting. These are, this is quali quali uh, qualities in adults. You know, sometimes we have a hard time believing. You know, we want to see first and then we'll believe. When God says believe, then see, you know what I mean? Or we can be really skeptical. Well, wait a second. You know, on, on National Geographic, they have DNA on this thing and that, and they're, they're always, trying, always trying to debunk the Word of God. So as we grow older, we can get this way where we can get, we can get different uh, ideas coming in our head to kind of redirect us from, from the Word of God. Bitter, perpetually angry. We know people that are angry. They can't control their anger. They have a bad area in that. They have a bad spot in their life. They don't understand it. They can't control it. They haven't given it over to God. Yeah, children will get angry, but man, they'll turn right around. They'll cool right off. And they're playing. This is what's cool about kids. This is great characteristics here. But when we, when we begin to realize the importance of children, whether they're your children or somebody else's children, you begin to realize, okay, this is an important thing in our lives to raise our children in the right way. In Psalm 127, it says this, Behold, children are a gift of the Lord. What are you doing with that gift? What, what have you done with the gift? What have you done with your kids? You know, you, you, have, a, you have an obligation. You got a responsibility to be taking care of your kids spiritually we're talking about at this point. We're talking spiritually as well as everything else. But we're seeing here that kids, they're a gift from God. You know what kids are not? They're not a mistake. They're not a mistake. You know, it's not, it's not what the world may tell you. God planned it. God knitted us together. And God created us. And the list goes on. So when we begin to realize this, we start saying, you know what? We can learn some things from kids. We can't just always push them off to the side because they're so important. But getting back to the main point of what Jesus is talking about here, he's really talking about this humility. And he brings it, he brings it to a point that we got to realize that our nature to take the, the low road, our nature to, to be humble, well, we don't really do that. Human nature is to go the other direction. Children, they don't have to be humble. They're not humble. <laughs> they, don't have to, they don't have to, like, come into church all dressed up and their shoes polished and, you know, their ties or everything. They're not, the, the parent can dress them up that way, but they're not looking to impress anybody. Matter of fact, in a, in a few minutes when the kids are out of here running around, you'll see their shirt tails out and everything else. They're not, they're not into that kind of stuff that human beings are. And God is saying, you got to turn around. He's talking to Christians. He's using the children as an illustrated sermon. And he's saying, you got to get humble. You got to get humble. The Bible says God resists the proud. Here, I'm in, I, I want to I get, get to heaven, no doubt about that. And, and if you're saved, if you, if you accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven. We're not arguing about it. But we're talking about the here and now, the, the kingdom of God within us, so to speak. You know, we want the fullness of God right now. So children don't have to be humble. They, they are just that way. Little children have a special hum, humbleness in their lives that most adults don't. So he's telling the people, you got to convert. You got to turn around. You got to uh, get from your old ways into something new. 
But the point really is, this is the most important point in, this, in these five verses that Jesus is saying here. So it's something that we need to be thinking about even in our own lives. We need to take it to a point where, you know what? Here's what it means. I need to, be in, I need to allow God to control my life. His will, not my will. We want to do things our way. We can talk a good talk. We can pray. We can do everything else. But when the, when the rubber hits the road, if we're not humble, we're going to do things our way. Uh, we'll, we'll still bathe it in prayer, but we're not really seeking God to help us through. Amen? So as I'm going to start winding down here, I want to say something. Let's not mix up this uh, faith like a child with childish faith. There is something different here. When we think about childish faith, here's what I'm talking about. Immaturity. Okay, now this is a child. We know a child is immature. We know that. But in our faith, we can't be immature. A child is demanding at times. They want something and they're stomping their feet until they get it. They're selfish. They can be selfish. You know, this is the other side of a kid. Maybe even this time of the year, they're really nice because they know it's Christmas time and they've already put their orders in. They want that Red Rider BB gun and they're, they're, they're doing everything they can. But you know what? If they don't get that gift, they're going to be stomping their feet. They're going to be crying and winding. They're going to be dropping to the floor in the natural. I think we can do that in the spiritual as well. I was listening to someone two nights ago uh, somewhat of a famous person, a very famous dad. And she was talking about a time that she was mad at God. We've all been there. If you're, if you don't, if you're saying you're not, you're, you're probably lying. Because <laughs> we've all, I think we've all got to a point where, God, come on, man, what's happening, you know? But what she said was pretty interesting because I learned it as well, is what is God doing in me? Me getting mad at God doesn't change God, you know? But it has to refine me a little bit more. It's more of, uh, that's an act of childishness. But when I see, when, I, when I'm growing in the Lord, mature and more and more, I begin to realize that my faith needs to be more grounded in the Lord. And we need to mature. We need to grow. Childlike faith or, or faith like a child is not saying stay as a little baby. It's saying mature. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, when I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. So there's certain things that you got to put away. Certain things you got to put to the side. So let me say this. What is childish faith? Childish faith says good Christians don't have problems. That's what childish faith says. But faith like a child says God uses our pain. He uses our uh, situations that aren't good to make us better Christians. So even if you're going through something right now, ask God, God, what do you, what do you want to do inside me? I want to be better. It's kind of like he's strengthening us. He's testing us. He's working us on certain things. So God, show me. Childish faith says God helps those who help themselves. But a childlike faith or faith like a child says God begins to help us when we admit that we're helpless. God, I need your help. I can't, I can't do it any longer. 
I just can't do it any longer. This is when God can start to work in your life. Not when you're still holding, it, not when you're still holding on to the steering wheel. It's kind of like when you let go. This is, this is the faith that we grow into. Childish faith believes God always answers prayer the way they want it. But faith like a child knows that sometimes God says, nope. He might say no. He might say, wait. Or he might say, are you kidding me? You really asked for this? You know, but that's, this is mature faith. This is child faith, like saying, okay, I, I'm getting it here. See, we're separating childish to having more of a, a understanding of what the Lord is saying in these verses here. Childish faith says it this way. And I, I got to tell you, I, I copied this off the internet. This is this childish and childlike thing has really, really hit me hard. But childish faith says this. The closer we get to God, the more perfect we become. Childlike faith says this. The closer we get to God, the more aware we, we're, we're aware of where we came from. So in other words, yeah, the more I grow closer to God, the more I get the childish stuff out, I'm growing closer to God. I realize, man, how bad my sins were. And I'm getting further and further away. Yeah, I'm getting closer to God. But you begin to recognize that sin, man, it was it was mean. It was a it was very much so opposing God. Childish faith thinks this way: good Christians are always strong. But childlike faith says our strength is found. It's and when we admit that we are weak. This is this is when our faith is can be strong. When we say, God, I need your help. I'm weak here because he is our strength. He is our strength. So I say this and I'm wrapping up. Is your faith childish or is it like a child? We, we can stand at this point here. Really, where is our faith? And you know, I, I like for the messages to always be challenging. So when you leave here, you begin to start thinking, man, am I a crybaby? <laughs> you know, am I, am I, uh, is my faith strong? We see that Jesus used this example of a child. Just maybe, just maybe, as we've gotten older, we've gotten stuff in the way. We got life in the way. We got, like I said before, traditions getting in the way. We have people counseling us the wrong way. We have things that we're seeing on TV that's the wrong thing. Or we're getting stuff on the internet that's the wrong thing. All this stuff takes you off the path. This is why you will continue to hear from this pulpit here, there's no pulpit, but from this up here, you know what I'm saying? Is that we gotta be reading the Bible. I mean, we gotta be reading the Bible. This is the truth. If you don't read the Bible, you can veer off and you can be, you can have that childish faith, thinking that, oh, if I stomp my feet a little bit and I cry a little bit, God's gonna answer. But God's trying to say something else. So allow me to encourage you to prepare for the new year coming in, to be setting the goal, to be reading your Bible. We have calendars back there in the Connection uh, Center there. Take one. Be serious about reading the Word of God. Please don't be getting your fill of God here in church. This is a great place to be, without a doubt. You know, we have, uh, you know, for me, honestly, Sunday church is fun. I really enjoy Sunday service. I really do. You know, um, we have the worship team. Let, let me kind of help you maybe define some things here. I'm running over time here. Let me help you define some things. If you come here and you say, man, this worship team, you know, man, this is a, they're jamming, man, this is really cool. I, I love, if you're being entertained by, you missed it. You missed it. This is worship. 
and it should bring you into worship. Now, you might not be there. Maybe you haven't matured yet to, to come in and worship the Lord. We have communion. What a great time that is. We do that in remembrance of what Christ has done for us. These are all, these are all real things here. We have a message. It's, it's just preaching the word of God. And then afterwards, we have prayer. We set it all up for prayer. And I'll say this. If you don't have Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you don't even know what I'm talking about, get up here and let the prayer team be with, uh, pray with you and direct you in a prayer. We just use a prayer, a short prayer, to help you get started. This is serious business here. This is serious business because if you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, well, you don't, you're not going to understand some of this stuff that's taking place from, this, uh, from up here. But when you have Jesus Lord of life, you can understand and God starts revealing things to you. But, but one of the biggest things is you want to be ready for eternity. So I close with this scripture here, Ephesians 5, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, be imitators of God as dear children. Back to kids again. We see kids are in the Bible. And walk in love as Christ also has loved us. Kind of gets back to what we were talking about before I got up here. Love. If we don't have love, we, we missed the boat here. So I want to say this here. Let this Christmas bring out the childlike faith in each and every one of us today. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you for this day. I thank you for each person here today. Lord, I pray as, as your word was speaking to all of us, I pray that, Lord, we would be encouraged, we'd be blessed, but, Lord, we'd be challenged. Lord, we'd be challenged in our own faith, Lord. Are we, do we have this faith that, that a child has that they would just trust in you, they would just jump, they would just forgive, they would just love? Do we have that kind of faith, that, that characteristics of a child? Or do we have that childish faith where we love to whine and cry when we don't get what we want? Lord, I pray for each and every one of us to take it to a new level. Lord, as we go through Christmas season here, what a great time it is for every person here. Now, we know, Lord, that sometimes some of us may have some bumps in the road, but Lord, as we stay focused on you, you are the one that gives us the peace that passes all understanding. You're the one that gives us the strength to get through every situation. So Lord, we thank you for being, for being the God that just blesses us. And Lord, as we look at Christmas as, as a time of uh, giving, it's also a time of receiving. And Lord, you came and died for each and every one of us. And Lord, I just pray that we just continue to grow deeper with you as we go through this year and the years to come. Bless us this day. Bless us this week. Bless us this season. Give us strength. In Jesus' name, we pray. Thank you for listening today. We hope today's message spoke to you. And if so, please subscribe. Here at our church, we want to see souls saved, lives changed, and families restored by experiencing God through Jesus Christ. If you'd like to learn more, please head over to our website at perryhall.life.